Well, happy Easter. Good to see all of you this morning. If you have your Bibles, find your place in Matthew. Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew number 28, chapter 28. We'll be looking at the last few verses. These are verses that remind us of what the Lord Jesus had to say to us as disciples just before he ascended to heaven. Just before the Lord ascended to heaven, he had some final words for all of us as disciples. May the Lord bless you. I'm Pastor Mike. We're honored to have you here with us if you're a guest. And boys and girls, you've done so wonderful today in our, in our worship service. Why, my three-year-old grandson was here, but now he's not here, but he was here. And he was trying. Boys and girls, you're doing a great job. And thank you for being with us and bringing your mom and dad to church today. Matthew chapter number 28, let's read God's word together. Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse number 16. While you're finding your place, Brother Dave Briley has been with us today. He'll be with us in the days ahead. There's information about him out in the hallways, and you can pick that up. And one more time, uh, Brother Scott had to leave us, uh, Brother Scott Shepherd, and here's Dave Briley. Would you say thank you to Brother Dave? Brother Dave, thank you for coming. On Easter Sunday, God bless you, my brother. I know you'll look forward to meeting him. And what an honor it is for me to be back together with Brother Dave and for us to have time. Matthew 28, verse 16. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come today celebrating Jesus as Lord. You have, you have called us to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit of God, we have sought to worship in spirit and in truth. And so now today we celebrate life in Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord, that today for these few moments we have to look at your word, that you might help us to remember our responsibility for living for Jesus. How we're to live for Jesus every day of our life. What else can we do because you have saved us? What else can we do because you have forgiven us? What else can we do because you have delivered us from our own addictions and bondage and from the old chains of the devil in our life? You have delivered us and saved us. What else can we do but live for you all the rest of our days? We pray that you might bless the reading of your word today. and May the Holy Spirit of God teach us today. We pause and we think about those foster children around us today who are in hard times, who are separated from their families. We pray for these orphans in their need. We pray that you might help our church be faithful to do our part. We thank you for those special workers who try to care for them, bless them and give them what they need so that they might do their work and care for these children. 
Now, Lord, we're grateful to have this time in your word. And so we ask especially for just a few moments to concentrate and think about what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, here we see that the Lord is commissioning the disciples. That's a strange word to a lot of us, commissioning. For 40 days, the Lord has taught the disciples. He's encouraged the disciples. He said to them, peace be with you numerous times. What were they going to do? They were afraid. They had witnessed the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Now he's come back from the dead. They're amazed by that. You saw it as we read here. Some were worshiping him, but still some were doubtful. Can this really be Jesus Christ is alive? Those of us who are here today, all of us who've been born again, we all live on this side of the resurrection, this side of the ascension. We live on this side of what the Lord Jesus has done so that we might have life. So he was encouraging. He was he was teaching his disciples in the 40 days before he ascended to heaven. But now, now as he finishes all of that, he commissions them. What is the one thing I would want us to hear and think about today as a group? Well, it's this. As a disciple, I'm speaking now to Christians who are here. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus has commissioned you personally. That's right, you. Young people who are born again, who are saved today, God has commissioned you. Senior adults, young adults, whoever you are, you've been commissioned by Jesus Christ. Well, when in the military, commanders command commissionings to those soldiers and make them officers. So they, are, they experience a commissioning as officers in the military. Artists sometimes are commissioned to do works of art. Uh, there are others who, for instance, doctors and other medical people who are, who are by the government uh, given orders, commissioned to do certain research for certain diseases and various things. I want to say to all of us today, I'm reminded of it because it's true for me as it is for you. Every Christian in this room, every Christian who hears my voice, as we read Matthew 28, you are hearing the words of the Lord's commission to you. So what does it look like for us to be commissioned by the Lord Jesus and how do we carry it out? Well, that, that's what I want us to see here today. Three things I would point out to you very quickly in our time today, and I'll be brief. First of all, in verse number 18, we read, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. What an amazing statement Jesus Christ makes. Look, the Lord Jesus Christ was either the greatest lunatic who ever lived, he was an absolute liar, or he was the Lord. So here he stands as a resurrected dead man. Are you hearing me? He was fully dead. He died. They buried him. But now he is alive. And for 40 days, 40 days he has been with his disciples. We have not seen him alive physically, but we read the words of our brothers and sisters and disciples from these early days who wrote down, the eyewitness accounts of being with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And what has the Lord said? Blessed are those who believe, though they've not seen. We have a special blessing from God because we have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, though we've not seen Him. But I want to come back to this. Now the Lord says this, all authority has been given to me. There is not any authority on the earth, whether it is governmental. There's not any authority on this earth, whether it's given to those who are in some kind of specific duty or have some authority, whether it's judges, police officers, government officials, all authority is stewarded authority. All authority stands with the Lord Jesus Christ for all generations and all time because He alone is risen from the dead. He is God's Son. He has sovereign authority over all things and He is the, the, he is the, he is the one who controls by His authority and has domain authority even over the evil one and the devil. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ has been given authority. That means authority over your life and mine. That means authority over the nations. That means authority over elected officials who will give an account for their stewardship and for their responsibilities. All of us in this room have levels of authority. There are moms and dads in here. There are parents with authority over their family. There are others who have authority over various things in the church. All authority. All authority is given to me. And the Lord then gives that authority to His church. We live under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to be afraid of anything in your life because you live under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our Lord. So what do we say? Just like Jesus lived under the authority of the Father when He was on the earth, now we live under the authority of God and we live under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's what happened when you got saved. Paul said, if you will confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord, authority. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, resurrection Sunday, you will be saved. If you will confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord. That means, that means when you go out of here, when you're, in your, when you're by yourself and you're alone and nobody else even knows your name, you still are a follower of Jesus. You live like one who follows Jesus Christ. He is your Lord, so you don't do the wicked things other people do. You don't, you don't get on the internet and participate in evil things that other people do. You are a follower of Jesus when you're all alone. You're a follower of Jesus. You have confessed Him as Lord. That means He is your Lord. He is your Master. And what He has taught us to do in the Gospels, in the Word of God, we seek to live by those things. So today, first of all, I remind you, the Lord Jesus Christ, how how. How better could it have been shared with us than what we've heard from the choir leading us today? The Lord Jesus is risen from the dead. He has ascended and he has all authority. He holds all things together. But then notice what he says. Number two, he has given the commission to disciples of Jesus to make more disciples. Here's your commission. It's very simple. Look at verse 19. Go... As disciples, go, as followers of Jesus, go and make disciples 
of all the nations. <coughs> Excuse me. Go and make disciples. What is my job? What is the church's job? Make disciples. What is your job as a follower of Jesus? Make disciples. Oh, I'm not a preacher. Well, you don't have to. This doesn't say, well, all the preachers go and make disciples. No. Well, you say, oh, I'm not a deacon. Well, it doesn't say all the deacons go make disciples or teachers. No, it says you go and make a disciple. You go and lead other people to follow Jesus Christ. Tell them the good news. Tell them what it means to know Jesus. Tell them what it means that they can confess their sin and believe in the Lord Jesus and be saved. Go and share with them. Here's what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. Come with me and I'll show you what I do. And after I show you what I do, you can do the same. That's what every, look, every person who's a part of First Baptist Church has been given this commission, young or old. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you're a disciple, you have the task of making disciples. So notice what he says, go to all the nations and make Disciples, through our ministry here at the church, through our lives and the way we live in our families, the way we go to work, the way we treat other people, people will see Jesus in us. And that's our opportunity to say to them, you too can follow Jesus. You too can be forgiven of your sin. You too can have peace in your life. You can have joy in your life. You can become a follower of someone who will never fail you. You can follow someone who will treat you, always treat you well. You can follow someone who loves you before you ever could know or imagine and love him. You see, this is our task. Now, what do we do as we make disciples? Notice what he says in verse 19. We're to baptize them. We saw, we saw today some who were baptized on Easter Sunday. What a privilege to be baptized on Easter Sunday. Did you see what happened, boys and girls? Did you see what happened? They stood there in the water and they confessed that they were a follower of Jesus Christ. You see, being baptized doesn't save me from my sins. Baptism is something I do because I have already been saved from my sins through believing in Jesus Christ as my Savior. So what did they do? They went under the water. It is a picture of they died to their old way of life and then they came out of the water like a new person in newness of life. And every person in this room who has ever been saved, who's become a follower of Jesus, you died to the old way. And now you live to the new way. You died to the old way and you live to the new way. So if you're here today and you were baptized for any other reason except for this of being a disciple of Jesus Christ, I would challenge you, if you're a part of this church, to talk to me about it. To talk to one of our pastors about what it means and the importance of you as a first step of discipleship being baptized as a believer. I encourage you to do it. I know there are others in our church who are already believers, but you've never been, listen to my words, baptized as a believer. That is what we do as our first step of discipleship. And many, many, many of us in this room have been baptized 
as followers of Jesus Christ, we're one together. We're united together in that experience. And I encourage you to do that. This is the commission of the Lord. This is why we baptize. Why? This is why we're called Baptists. We baptize those who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ because of its very important because of its very important symbolism in our lives. But also, let's get to it. He says, teach them, verse 20, to observe all that I've commanded. So what do we do up here at church? What do we do up here at church? We make disciples. We make disciples. We make disciples in the morning. We make disciples at noontime. We make disciples in the evening. We make disciples on Monday, we make disciples on Tuesday, we make disciples on Wednesday. We are God's people to do, to do this task of discipling. We are to disciple other people. We do Bible studies. We meet together in fellowship and encourage one another. But the Word of God is at the center of all that we do. This Bible, we want you to know how to take God's Word from the very beginning of it to the very end and know how to read God's word, to know how to pray and know how to speak with God so that you can read God's word, hear what God has to say to you, and then also share with someone else. You see, every person in this room, I'm not trying to be offensive now. Some of you are very smart in your Bible. Some of you are very accomplished as teachers. Some of you have been at it a long time, but I say to every one of you, whether you're first starting or whether you've been at it a long time, every person in this room, you need to be discipled. You need to grow in your discipleship. You need to grow. That's why we do this. That's why we meet together. That's why we invite you to retreats and to go here and to do that. We do all of these things in order to disciple. Someone asked me one day, Pastor Mike, what is your greatest desire for this church as the pastor, I'll tell you my greatest desire is that we be a disciple-making church. That's all we want. We're not trying to be fancy. We're not trying to be cute. We're not trying to be go with the latest fad or keep up with the latest trends. We're going to stay with what the Lord told us to do. We're going to keep plowing the same way the Lord told us to plow. We're going to scatter seeds, we're going to teach the Word of God, and we're going to disciple. Look, if you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, you have a desire to learn God's Word and to grow. Now, with all due respect, if you don't care about spiritual things, if you don't care about the Word of God, if you don't care about growing and improving in your relationships and how to walk with God, then perhaps you're not saved. You might be a religious person. You might have grown up in a Baptist church. You might consider yourself a very religious person, but you're not a saved person. Those who come to know Jesus Christ have a new nature with them, a new desire within them. They want to grow and learn God's word. So we're teaching. What are we doing up here? Sun up to sundown, seven days a week. We're doing what the Lord has called us to do. We're teaching others and ourselves to observe whatever the Lord has commanded us. And then what does he say finally? Here's the last thing I want to remind you of. Look what the Lord says. While you're doing your commission, I'm with you always. Maybe I turn it around. 
I'm always with you. I'm with you always. I'm always with you. You know, there's nothing that's, that's sadder than, being, than having relationships with our loved ones broken. Where we're separated from them. Maybe we, we're separated because of our job or we're separated because families break up and they don't stay together because of divorce or they're separated. There's nothing sadder about not being able to be in the presence of someone you love. But the Lord promises something here. Now look, He's not physically with us. So what's He saying to us? He's saying to us, I'm as much with you spiritually as I would be if I were with you physically. You know why we know that? Because the Lord is about to ascend to heaven and be separated from these disciples whom he lived with for three years. They were together all the time. They had the greatest times of happiness and the saddest times together. And now the Lord says, I'm, I'm with you always. I'm with you always in your troubles. I'm with you always in your joys. I'm with you always in your loneliness and your pains and your doubts and struggles. Many of us could stand up and testify that we have experienced the great presence and peace of the Lord with us in really hard times in our life. Look, I have a commission and you have a commission. We're here to make disciples. For some of you, you've been sitting in class a long time. It's time for you to step out and now you make disciples. Now you teach. Now you lead. Now you show someone else the way, including others in our church. This is how we live for Jesus. This is how we live for Jesus, baptizing, teaching others to observe, walking together, loving one another, caring about one another, living by the Holy Spirit, praying in the name of Jesus, worshiping and glorifying God together. This is what we do. This is our task. When the Lord ascended to heaven, He left us with a job to do, a commission to be fulfilled. So what would I say to you as I finish? Live up to your commission. Live up to your commission. Do what you've been commissioned to do. And finish your commission. Finish what God has called you to do and rejoice. Look, I'm looking here at a crowd of people of all different ages. You might get some really bad news at the beginning of your life, but you might get some really bad news in the middle of your life. You might get life-changing news at the end of your life. Every day it's going to be something and we live in a world coming apart because it is the last days. So what will you do? You'll live in the presence of the Lord Jesus. You'll be assured that whatever happens in your life, you're, you're, you're in good hands because the Lord is with you. Living for Jesus. This is what the Lord Jesus is talking about. I'm alive. This is how you live for me. So I quote for you, I've thought about this as I've been preparing this, and with this I'll finish. I've been thinking about this old hymn in my mind and singing it. I'm not going to sing it loud, but I'm going to sing it in my heart, and when I'm by myself, I will sing it to the Lord. He'll listen to it, but I think about this old hymn, and I want to share it with you. Some of you know it, but some of you don't. I'm sad for that. Maybe we'll do something about that in the days ahead. Living for Jesus. A life 
that is true. Listen to the words now. Striving to please Him in all that I do. Yielding allegiance. Glad-hearted and free. This is the pathway of blessing for me. O oh, Jesus, Lord and Savior, I give myself to Thee, for Thou in Thine atonement didst give Thyself for me. I owe no other master. My heart shall be Thy throne. Now listen, this is it. My life I give henceforth to live for Christ, for Thee alone. That's what we've been called to do on Resurrection Sunday. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord Jesus is at the door. How many more current events do you have to see? The trees are all turning green. The seasons are changing. Your allergies are telling you. Every kind of symptom, you see it all around you. You feel it in your body. But do you see the signs of the times? They're not like they were for some of us when we were younger. They've changed. Oh, the birth pangs. Oh, the birth pangs of the coming of the Lord Jesus get stronger. As we approach that day, the Lord is at the door. He is at the door. He is about to come. So the church is praying. I hope you're praying. I hope you're praying. Come, Lord Jesus.